This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our TGT podcast, our show in which we join you every single week to break down all the latest Arsenal news, of which there is just a tad to discuss in today's show. In the wake of Arsenal's five-nil defeat to Manchester City, and on New, New I was going to say New Year's Eve, and I'd say Deadline Day's Eve. It's very much past New Year's Eve, but it feels like it could be a new year of misery for Arsenal fans if this continues. And I've got three massively positive people to help talk us through all of it as well. First of all, it's Mike. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Uh, I've been better. I, I, I'm, I'm about to break. Uh, this, this club has, has got me on my knees and not not for any... Don't worry. I don't know what Why good reasons they do that. You there's didn't no way to that's, add anything. You there's didn't. no way that was going anywhere nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm going to change that. Um, you could end the sentence by saying, Arsenal has got me on my knees. That's fine. And then you went, not in any... And what you didn't need to do that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you know... You're you're a, you're a wise man for someone your age, but yeah, oh. I, I, I'm I'm a broken man at this point. I, I really don't know where to go, Fair other right. than to on to two consecutive podcasts where we're going to talk about how broken our club is. Mm, yes, yeah, there's a lot of people doing that, including myself. If you did uh, didn't join us for the Arsenal Lounge earlier on with uh, with Mo and Jin and Liv, then please make sure you go and catch up on that. Uh, John, absolute pleasure to have you back on, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I kind of shared a lot of the same sentiments that Broken Mike does up there, so. Um, it's good to be including back on. Next place in Uendo is that include? Oh, of course. I, it would not be. It would not be a chat with Mike if there wasn't misplaced in Uendos. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad to be here with all you guys. I, I pointed out earlier. I'm wearing the Arsenal whole city FA Cup shirt that we had that the Miami Arsenal supporters group made back in the day, and we were so excited when we won that. And little do we know that it was the beginning of the end. I was so, going to say, did you wear that in like celebration of the start of the decline, the main decline? <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like that, it seemed like it was supposed to be the turning point, the trophy drought was over, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It has not been so great ever since then. So No. And finally, the bastion of positivity himself, it's Drew. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Are you well? I'm, I'm good, thanks, buddy. Good to be on, even though it's like dire, but yeah. You were... You were 
begging to come on this show. You were <laughs> desperate to be on it. So we and we're going to go mad on a lot of topics for the next yeah. 90 minutes or so. So please do make sure you drop a like on the video if you haven't already. Please make sure you go follow those beautiful people as well. And uh, we'll be uh, <laughs> we'll be very, I'm sure, happy to answer. Drew especially will be happy to answer all of your questions. And we'll get to some of those towards the end of the podcast in our Q&A section, or as we like to call them specifically and exclusively, user questions. We'll be looking forward to going to that. Very exclusive. Very very exclusive um we pay the rights and everything um anyway let's let's go through and, and as we always do to start off our podcast get your raw reaction we'll go in reverse order drew can i have your raw reaction to arsenal nil manchester city five i mean i don't know if i have one you know do you know what i mean like what am i supposed, i don't think losing it i don't think there's anything to say really it's just other than the fact that um Luke at uh, Yama kind of put it best. It's none of us expected. Same thing with Chelsea to go to go and beat City. It's it's the manner in which we lost. For me, that's it. And I had a lot of people in the post match saying like, "Oh well, you know, City decimated everybody. You shouldn't be surprised." It's like, well, I don't care what anybody else does when they play City. They care about what we do when we play City. And and yeah, I didn't expect us to win, but I I didn't think we were going to lose five 0 either. And even when we go down a man. There's so many instances, and I tweeted this, there's so many instances in football where sides go down a man and they become even harder to break down. We become easier every, every time. So that, for me, it, it, it speaks to the coaching or lack thereof and in scenarios like that. And it just kind of just, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not even much to say, you know, end of the, end of the day. It's going to be a great pod. <laughs> no, it's just I'm, I'm trying to keep cool because I don't want to rage now and I can just rage at something later, which I'm going to anyway. But... Mm. One shot, no shots on target. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what no. Was the shot? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. That's it the was in the beginning. Problem. It was in yes. the beginning. You're right. Thank oh. you, John. It's just like we actually looked okay those first. No. The first eight minutes, and then kind of just, weird. but st- standard rules apply. We give up a goal, and everyone and just things just go pear pear shape when we go one nil down. And yeah, overall, I just kind of feel like we're gonna see Watford play today eventually. And I guarantee Watford will have more than one shot. You know, so it's just like at the end of the, it's it's inexcusable for me. And I finally got to the point where I was just like, you know what, like and I had that that poll I put out and I thank you guys for, for voting on it when you did, was what the line was for Arteta if, if things don't get better, when and if should he be sacked. And for me, it, it's gotta be sooner rather than later. If things don't improve rapidly and over the next two matches, it's hard to see where things come back from. And it's it's okay to admit that the, the whatever the long-term goal under Arteta was that we were hoping, it's okay to admit it didn't work. But the sooner you admit it and, and you move on from it, the better, rather than just letting things persist until it becomes so absolutely desperate that we're then panicking again, similarly to how we did with Emery. And that's for me, it's like, if you don't learn your lesson the first time and you keep making the same mistake twice, you kind of almost get what you deserve. So I'll just leave it there for now, but. John. Uh, I mean, <laughs> where do you, it's so weird to even like consider this match uh, as something that you can actually come up with any kind of reasonable reason for why any of it happened. It's like, it, and people are like, oh, look, we, we didn't expect, like Drew said, we didn't expect to beat City. We didn't expect to, you know, whatever, fine. But it, it's not like we're looking at this City defeat in a vacuum. It, it's, and me and Drew were talking about this before. It is the manner in which you, you lose to a team that really dictates how you feel about it afterwards. Uh, Wolves have been, like you said, putting on some great performances, even though they've lost like 
some games like that their their fans are going to be looking forward to the season coming but based on just the way that they were playing even in their loss you know if we had lost to Brentford if we had lost to Chelsea if we had lost to City but there were some positives in the performance other than some under 21 you know win that we had against uh, uh, uh you know I guess West Brom and the, you know they're under twenty three side like that was the old, that's the only positive we've had this season and that goes all the way back to preseason as well where we didn't really have very many positives so it, I'll say this it's not it's not necessarily the end of the world but it's starting to look like it my world you know, like I've, you I've know done. it's <laughs> it's I, I'm I, it's like it's hard to not it's hard to sit back after watching that performance. After you know, after watching the last performance, after watching the, the the Brentford performance, after watching the preseason performances, where at the time we're like, look, it's okay, maybe you know, it's just training. They're just trying to get fit, but we haven't seen anything develop, you know, tactically or or uh, emotionally from the team. So it's hard to look at this Man City defeat as something that we can actually hang our hats on. Anything relevant to take out of it, Mike? Can you save John? from where he's going. <laughs> I don't want to save John from where he's going. Um, you know, 8-2, 6 nothing, 5-1 Liverpool. I mean, these, these those losses under Arsene Wenger, it's amazing he lasted another four, five, six years after some of those losses. But, you know, obviously he was still getting fourth place and, and third place and, and the occasional FA Cup. This this loss was the the bottom. For for how I, I'm not saying it's going to turn out to be the bottom because I think we can still go lower than this. Uh, but, Fascinating, but but it's it's the it's the point at which you just see everyone running around like headless chickens, having absolutely no idea. And the players that mean the most, the players that are supposed to be the Arteta backing, future looking, mature beyond their age folks, are 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 starting to be the ones who are getting into verbal rows with. Uh, with Arteta on the sideline, who are getting shouted at, who are getting blamed, the whole thing is 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 just swirling around the toilet bowl now. Um, and you know, had we lost against Manchester City in any sort of respectful way, respectable way, um, you could say, well, okay, look at the players who are out, look at the 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 scenario, the situation, the the rough start to the season. But that was a capitulation beyond what I've ever seen before, and it just it looked incompetent. And and to me, I've always hung my hat on you know, look, the final death knell is when you've lost the dressing room, and I didn't see that happening with Arteta unless we went through the first you know ten fifteen games of the season with with absolute crap performances. But I think I think it's happening now, and and for me, it, it's unsustainable. So uh, I, I reached my breaking point. I took a step over that cliff, and 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 one particular moment in that game was my moment. I had my moment with Arsene Wenger, and he went on to to win FA Cups after that. But I had my moment where it just seemed clear that there was no no turning back, and that moment happened for me in this game. And you know, so it's my if if my everyone out shirt still fit, I'd be wearing that right now. But. So Tom, I don't mean to jump in, but one thing. But you do mean to okay. jump in because you just jumped in. I don't mean to interrupt you rudely, but I'm going to. Uh, so here's just some stats from that game. First of all, breaking records, breaking records every week. First time at the bottom of the table. First, first time at the bottom of the table since 1913. 
we managed one shot in that game you guys mentioned. It's the lowest that we've ever had in Premier League recorded history. 90% possession in that game is also the lowest we've ever had in any Premier League game on record. Uh, I think you guys, uh, Mike and Drew, pointed out that uh, Rodri and Gundogan had four minutes of possession between them, and and those two players between them had more possession than our entire team. No, no, the two the two players combined had four more minutes of possession than the entire Arsenal said. club for the entire yeah, game. for the entire for the entire game. Uh, we're the only we're the only the second team in Premier League history to lose the first three matches in a season, have a goal differential of minus nine. The other one was Wolf, the Wolverhampton in two thousand three and four, who finished in the bottom of the table. Uh, and like you, these keep going on. Only one of there's only two out of ninety two teams in football league have played three plus league games this season and get to store us and Shrewsbury Town. 92 teams. That's it. So like, okay, yeah, it's against the it's against even Scunthorpe. Uh, he's doing better than we. It, it's against the Premier League champions. It's it's against uh, the 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 Champions League title holders. It's against you know Brentford, the mighty Brentford, who is a newly promoted side. But he, even that, he, given all of that, it's still appalling. It's still appalling, and it's a record breaking low for the club. It's hard to spin that positively, other than saying it can only go up from here, which I don't know if that's necessarily true. So we'll find out. Look, so so real fast. So and I'll try. so I'm I want to chime in when I'm you know I'll, I'll take I can see you're you're on the edge. It's fine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off what John said and 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 I, I hate to pull out things like this and um <laughs> Christ's sake. Um when Forest Green can score, I didn't Brentford, even know him, Mike. That was not what I intended at when, all. I know exactly when, what you thought. <laughs> when when Forest Green can score against Brentford and we can't, it kind of like sums up matters. And and I think everyone would be more willing to accept losing to Chelsea, getting destroyed by City, if we got a result against Brentford. Not even like, with all due respect, I mean, yeah, they're, they're playing good football for a promoted side, and, and you have to tip your hat. But the fact is, is you know, obviously we, we strive to be above Brentford come season's end, so why are we dropping points, right? So that, for me, I think when you set the tone of the season, losing to a promoted side like that, even with even with being out certain certain people, certain assets, that, that I think that was it for a lot of people, and I think it's – it's hard to look at the upcoming fixtures and saying, you know, we should be confident. And then we said about it before, we talked about this post-Chelsea as well, didn't we? Where how do you look at a match against like someone like Norwich and say, you know, we're going to go out and smash Norwich. Like we should be, but there's no guarantees anymore. Like no one really knows what to make of that at the minute. And and and, and, and Mike played best before is that it was just a, it's a complete capitulation and seemingly there's no, like, the fact that there's just seemingly no match plan. And this goes back to what we said before is, yeah, we know we're missing some, some key assets right now. But it's the manager's job to put together a match plan and an 11 that suit to get some kind of result. There are worse teams with worse 11s than what we put out against it that won't lose 5 nil, Even it's, going down a man. Even, you know what I mean? That's the isn't thing. Isn't that the measure me. of a manager? Like, like, like If you don't have your best 11... How you Don't get the, the result? Yeah, well, Wenger <laughs> had Wenger had a bad eleven for like twenty years almost. And yeah, it, I mean, he still managed I mean, four you, top four every year. You, you would, you, I mean, you, you, if if we're playing against West Brom under eighteen team, it, you don't have to do much managerial preparation for that, or you know. It, I mean, you have a lot to lose if you don't come out and beat them by a you know by a cricket score, but um, but yeah, 
it, you, you pretty much can expect to, but it's it's in the games where you don't have everything at your disposal, where you see the measure of a man manager, you see the measure of a leader, and we saw negative of that, if that's possible, uh, in this Manchester City game. And it was against a team that he knows how they play. It's about a team that he has more knowledge about than any other team in the entire English football pyramid, including his own, apparently. Um, and... And, and he still just had no clue what, pe- what the personnel he put out there were not well suited to what, what he needed to do. They clearly didn't know what they were supposed to be doing once they were out there. And, you know, th- there's just, <laughs> I think almost any Premier League manager with any Premier League experience or even championship experience could have handled that situation better than Arteta. And, you know, this plays right into the hands of the people who have been saying, I told you all along, but... So be it, man. You know, look, I, my personal therapeutic emotional state is such that I need to be able to to try to find a, a you know a bright path in, in in situations and at least root for what I want to have happen rather than root for what I think is going to happen when it's not good. Uh, but but that's why I'm broken now because I just don't see a path. I don't see anything positive to take. Out no, of and 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 real fast. I'm sorry again, Tom. But the issue for me, <laughs> the issue for me. It's like, you, you know what you should be doing. We all can sit here and say, when you go down a man, what the first thing you do is you make yourself more compact, you frustrate them, and then you try to, even if you have to play hit and hope, long balls, direct. At minimum, you bring on a center midfielder. Correct. Like. Right. At the, at the, we all, you don't have to be a seasoned manager to know that that's how you operate things when you go down the man, right? And my issue, and I, I, I kept there, like, it's probably the first time I didn't even get angry at, at what I was watching because I was sitting there just kind of baffled by it. It's like, despite being down a man, despite being absolutely dominant, despite creating nothing, we still decided to still try to play possession football down a man against one of the most press accelerant and press resistant sides you'll find in Europe. What did, of course, we only got one shot the whole match because we didn't tweak things. And that goes again back to Arteta, not being willing to do what it takes to, to tweak things given your situation. When things change, he doesn't change. And that's the, the chief complaint about Arsene Wenger in the final years was that we didn't address things as needed on the pitch when the situation changed, right? That's the big issue for me. The biggest issue now is that that's it's showing a, a lot of naivety that he should have looked back and said, well, this has happened before. Why would I do it again? And he was a part of that when it happened. He was literally a player here when that happened at the club. He witnessed it firsthand as a player and now he's doing it again as a manager. And for me, what, what else is there's more to say? You know what I mean? Like, like Mike, I just, at that point, it's what, what the fuck? Excuse me. I think he's trying to, I think he's trying to do what Pep did with city. When he first came, remember he was really trying to implement the playing from the back and like, it, it, and everyone was getting on his case cause it wasn't working out at first, but he was just stuck to his guns and he did it. And that's what he saw, you know, maybe at city and how Pep kind of sticks to his tactics and, and, and deals with it. That's fine when you have a side as deep and talented Correct. as City does. Correct. You can. You have the. You have the, the the ability to do that. You have the privilege to be able to. You know, make it work with these talented players like De Bruyne and all these incredible playmakers that he had there, as well as a, a solid backline and a goalkeeper in Edison Ederson who can put the ball in a dime from from his net. And you know, I don't. And I'm 100 percent agreement with you, Drew. He's not. 
in that position with Arsenal. It's the opposite right now. He needs to tinker. He needs to figure out what works and he needs to adapt. And he can't rely on just, you know, browbeating this team into doing it again and again and trying to fit a, a square, you know, with peg into a round that's, hole. That's, whatever that's it is. the biggest sign, John, is the fact that you can't be the third game of a new Premier League season and be tinkering. You, it's unacceptable that that is the situation um, that we find you, Well, you, that's what this preseason's for, but we didn't we didn't really see know what the heck he was doing in preseason. That was one of the things. So, but uh, but yeah, I agree. You, the third game of the season, you should pretty much have a good set of idea of where of what you're doing, and to you know. That's where the, the notion of the opponents that we played comes in, into play here. That obviously you're playing some difficult opponents. It might not be easy to get everything straight right away. Um, you know, there's no breathing room because, and especially like Drew pointed out, losing to Brentford was bit was a lot of pressure on Arteta, which is why we said it was extremely important to get a result out of that game. And we didn't at all. So I think that more importantly than Chelsea and City was getting, like Drew said, getting the uh, a result of that first game. Absolutely it was. But the problem is, John, is that, we are seeing the same mistakes that we saw at the end of last season bleed into the new one, whereby we can't see a system. We can't we're seeing see worse. Start. We're seeing worse problems yeah, it's now. It's arguably worse. It's, it's, it's definitely worse. Yeah, the whole the whole concept of 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 having a, a talented assistant coach take a, a his first job with a team. You normally see that, and and again, this is hindsight that plays into the hands of of the haters, but. Uh, you normally see that for a club <laughs> where they've exceeded their expectations in large part because I mean, you see this in American sports, you see this in other sports where you know the, the protege comes and, and coaches. But that's not the protege from a team that has worldly spoils that you know where you know maybe Arteta's skills came from managing the players that he managed at, at Man City and not from his own ideas. I mean I hate the whole narrative about how he just put out cones for Pep, but you know, could it, I, I would, I, I think it was in hindsight, a very big mistake to, uh, to entrust him with, with this club. And, and well, there's two things. One, and you brought up North America sports is different because you can go with like a, like a McVeigh, like the, like, like St. Louis did, but it's more forgiving if he has a poor first season, because there's no relegation, you'll get a fresh on draft pick out of it that's really high and you can go again and you can rebuild from there. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is I mentioned this in uh, the Yama chat that there's a, or did I put it into our WhatsApp? I can't remember, but there's a difference between being one of a few authoritative figures on someone's staff and by comparison, being the authoritative figure as the manager. And I don't think Arteta is ready for that aspect at a club of this size. But who does that fall on? That falls on the, the KSC and the ownership. And, sure. And, I'm not going to for that. Yeah, but I'm just saying I think he's out of the steps. No, but it's interesting because I, I I remember, I think you did bring it up in our chat. And and what I was saying was the problem I've uh, – my theory on the problem with, with KSC, and we can you know go down that rabbit hole as much as we can, but the problem is that I don't think they know what a good job is supposed to be. You see, with Wenger, it was just kind of like you deal with it. You know, you're doing a good job. The money's coming in. We're staying above ground. You, you know, you're getting top four. You're making the Champions League. You're winning some cups here and there. So it was like whatever. Uh, that They have some sense of that being all right, and they know that that's not good enough or that's good enough. So if we can do that again. But but when that doesn't work, when there's some issue that we need to fix, they don't know what a, how to fix that. 
I don't think. And 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 if you look at the the transition that we've had since Wenger left, you know, with with Emery coming in and out, with this Raul Sven Mislintat kind of di- crazy crap that was going on, there hasn't been stability at Arsenal. And then you have COVID, which is another thing. And we can add all these little factors into why th- this ownership group is not good for these kind of situations. There's they don't have the control over this club that. Uh, and guess what? It was born out of out of Wenger being so good at what he did for for uh, a very long time. They didn't really have to deal with any of that. Wenger kind of ran the show. Now that's gone. They need to figure out what the hell to do to fix this. And I don't think and Stan's not doing anything. He doesn't give a crap. It's Josh. Yeah, it's Josh. And, it's and Josh, Josh doesn't know. And I, I, Josh is not. I don't think he knows what he's no, doing. Josh doesn't have. Josh doesn't have a. Doesn't very, very quick. He's probably like, what? Can someone explain offsides to me? And that's like, you know, head lasso, you know? <laughs> very, he thinks very... he has a clue because of what he's done with his other, not other franchises, but with his franchises mm. in the United, United States. I mean, you could tell, you know, again, me for the 97,000th time talking about this interview that we had with him in Denver a couple years ago, but you could tell that his mindset was we're trying to do the same thing. We know it's a little bit different. But we still think the philosophies of of hiring young and 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 Moneyball and 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 my great team of people next to me and Unai and uh, and and um, and and Raul <laughs> and and all these people that are the future of Arsenal are going to get us there and and he just doesn't he he has no idea the depth that he's in in this sport as an owner and the fact is he's too stubborn to. To, to really just admit that yeah. and say, just use our money for what you need to use it. Just get us back to the, get us back or near to the top. Come so on. really, really quick. Javier made a good point. He says, I disagree. Look at KSE and other clubs. They own nuggets and LA Rams have success. The difference between American sports and, and, and this sport is, is there's parity among the ownership amongst what you can spend on players. There's salary caps. There's all sorts of things put in place that, that adds a level playing field, which is what Wenger wanted back in the day, but it's, it doesn't exist in European sport. You have, Clubs like Chelsea, Man City, uh, you know PSG, these these mega mega owners, these city states, governments owning clubs. So it's a different world, and I don't think they know what the hell how the hell to navigate that. And and you're going to need some some kind of a plan to come in and develop some system to compete with those. At least get us into the conversation. And I have I a great idea how to get us in the conversation. Hmm. If they would create like some sort of super league. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, the, where the really big clubs all just went in and there was no relegation, I think we really, I think we could, we could really have something there. Oh, man. I mean, fair point. I, Bill we got to talk about the bell, by the way. No, no we don't. No, we it. don't. We don't. Oh, I said um, the chat's going mad. I'm like, I've said it. I've said it. I'm going to seem to do this until we talk about the bell. Building on what John just said, it would be what Josh and I, I you can look at it and look at the parallels and say this is what Josh has done with the Avalanche, what Josh has done with the Rams and Nuggets. Yeah, sure, all that might be wrong and good, but the, the the key defining factor is if he's coming into a medium where he doesn't understand like he does North American sports, he has a clear better understanding of North American sports for sure. That's fine. If he wants to try to implement that sort of approach with Arsenal, that isn't inherently wrong. The, the the key element that he's missing is by getting a lieutenant that understands European football. And he does not have that. Exactly. That is that's the problem. So his model is isn't isn't de facto the wrong one. He's not giving it a chance to work by having someone who can say, you don't want Raul, you want this guy instead, or you, you don't go with an inexperienced and you go with person B. That's 
for me, the defining factor. And that's where other ownership models that also could sustainably work. That's why Liverpool's has worked so well, for example, yes. because they got the, the, the key member in to make sure that the right decisions are being made. They had a better shot at it working. That's where we fail. So. Someone said Richard Gere. <laughs> Bulgarian Gunnar said Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard, Richard Gere is the cure to the problem. Is no, I think a, he was referring to the I think Gerd Gerbil, I got it. Yeah. The, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Since you moved to Chicago, I didn't know if you still got jokes or not. I, I got it. I'm massive thank you to Tom Savol for your donation. Finally, I can talk about it after these three have stopped going at each other for the last 15 minutes. Um, says, I spent a lot of time on here for free, so here you go, Tom. And of course, with Mike on, I have to say hi from Tampa and the Gulf Coast Gunas family. Great job with Gunas versus Cancer. At least Willian has got. And speaking of which, I don't know if you've seen this, um, but Willian's Instagram post is very interesting. Thank you to Balajin. Who am I getting feedback off? Um, someone, someone I can hear feedback from. Um, Balaji uh, sent me a tweet. He's one of our fantastic members. He says, Willian says, I would like to thank Arsenal for the opportunity that they have given me and for the warm welcome received by everybody at the club. Unfortunately, <laughs> thing, listen, unfortunately, things on the pitch didn't go the way we had planned and hoped. I received a lot of criticism, especially from some members of the press, that I had come here for financial reasons. I hope with my actions today, being the fact that he's torn up his contract, explain to those people that they now understand that this was not the case. I hope it teaches some people that they should not be so quick to pass judgment and create bad environments to make themselves important, even though I accept that's part of the game. All my career, I've done everything to be the best I can be. I always, I always want to win. And if I find it hard to accept not doing so, unfortunately, it didn't happen for me at Arsenal. And I'm sorry about that. I came to England in 2013 and I've enjoyed every minute of my time here. I want to thank everyone who has helped me along the way to play in this wonderful league that is full of heart and spirit so there you go we kind of knew the situation with Willian fair play I I held my hands I said look fair play for Willian tearing up his contract I'm not gonna <laughs> say anything negative about someone passing up 20 million pounds um I know he's a very wealthy man already there was the, the liking of the Chelsea win tweet which I'm not letting go that was frankly ridiculous um I think it's just a chapter that we're going to move on from and I, I don't really plan on covering it too heavily because there's so much that we need to get through today um look by the way can I just can I say before we get too far off the topic Tom Sable uh Gulf Coast Gunners top top uh branch of uh of Arsenal America and when I when we first started doing our podcast, two the, the two people, well, three, including uh, Craig on the on the Gunner Talk, and when you were on with him, the two podcasts I listened to to try to figure out what this podcasting thing was all about was this guy, and there was a Gulf Coast Gunners podcast. I don't know what happened to it, and I don't know if you were involved with it, Tom, but there was a podcast which I I thought it was pretty funny, and I used to listen mm. to that uh, while I, my uh, my son's soccer practice. So uh, <laughs> so there's no, in a way you're kind of responsible. <laughs> For uh, great, for what, for what for for the downfall of Tom's life. There you go. But thank you, Tom, for the donation. Thank you, Sam, as well. It's a good gr this is a good crew here. Smash a like or get on your bike. Thank you ever so much for the clear instructions to the chat box. Please do make sure if you haven't already, drop a like. Now, I want to discuss something. It does kind of link, thankfully, as a lot of our chat box will be thankful to to a certain tweet that's gone on. What I will say, and while we've got you know a certain rodent ITK in the building today, um, <laughs> in terms of if you know information, usually you say it as it is, and you don't tend to leave things as vague as some choose to um in terms of edu's position right 
this is a, a real crux of a conversation that I wanted to have with you. We had a big conversation about it in our WhatsApp group today, and I was getting a little bit annoyed because we were leaving such good content in a private chat box and not for the podcast. Um, but we're going to talk about it now. It's look. I can't work out for the life of me whether or not he's doing a, a bad, good, okay. I can't evaluate his job without coming up with different lines of positives and negatives. From my perspective, I look at this club's main issues as currently, obviously, the main one being the ownership, as I think most of us would agree. That is the, the number one issue with Arsenal Football Club. And number two is is the manager currently and the decision makings and the coaching and the lack of kind of idea and direction and the lack of progression that we're doing. That's everything on the pitch is to do with him. Now, Edu, I'm really conflicted about because some decisions that are made by Edu, like spending money on players that we've needed, has improved our recruitment. I think our recruitment over the last or during his tenure has been an improvement on what went for the 10 years prior to that however there has been some issues like Willian like Ronison like this Inketia thing that's coming around today not accepting 10 to 12 million pounds for a player in the last year of his deal that's barely going to play not going to play and now we're going to let go for free after arguably playing no football in the next year Things like that, I can't get my head around. Giving Granite Xhaka a new contract, I tried to justify it at the time. I definitely tried too hard and I was definitely wrong about it. But it's just so many things. And I know that this is going to spark another 26-ish minutes uh, discussion between the three of you. So I'm not even going to point to someone. Someone tell me, is Odu doing a good job? If so, why? If not, why? Oh great! What None do, of you. <laughs> well, what do you, I mean? I don't know what what does what does a good job look like? That's I mean, what, what, that's what I'm saying. It's the a lot. It's the hard. The, the, the difficulty is that we're not whatever plan is is. Let's just assume, for argument's sake, that Edu has a plan and that he has enacted it from a from a strategic recruitment standpoint to perfection. This is exactly what he wanted. It was logical. It made sense. He 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 identified these players that we needed and let's just say for argument's sake we got them all that's just one step of this but what we see on the field is not the is not the result of a cohesive plan that i can say and i hope not because if this is what the plan was then i think everyone needs to lose their job over this so um, how can we plan how can we plan around a recruitment strategy when there are so many personal issues that seem to keep getting in the way. I mean, the Mainsley situation has nothing to do with Adu. It has everything to do with Mikel Arteta and Mainsley. Saliba's I mean, situation has something to do with Adu, I would argue. Not, yeah. the, way that, the way that was handled, the way they failed to get him a loan deal, the way they kind of... Who brought you know, in William? Right, but but right, but but what's the reason that he needed to go on loan? It's It's... it's the relationship and work in the plan. Yeah. Well, it's it's the relationship that that apparently never existed between him and 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 Arteta. Um, you know, again, I'm not I'm not placing blame all on Arteta because I think Saliba holds some of the blame in that situation. I think Mainsley holds some of the blame in his situation. I think Wenduzi holds a lot of the blame in his situation. Uh, <laughs> but but those aren't necessarily a do things. Those are you know the 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 issues with Ozil. I mean, they're. they're they're all kind of the relationship, and Arteta seems to to, to really either you're all in with him or you're all out with him. Yeah. And so, and when you're all in with him, like Granit Xhaka, you can get a, a stupid red card and get patted on the ass on your way out, which was my moment that I was referring to. Mm. Um, that was but, it. 
Well, do you remember when Edu came in, though? Because the, when Edu came in, I remember there being specific lines of dialogue that said Edu's job is to drive the philosophy of where this club is going. The way that's, that what does that mean? Play. That's a bullshit. It's like it's, that's something the bell would would say. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Like well, the philosophy <laughs> of the club. Well, what, what is our philosophy? What the issue is there is no philosophy, is philosophy, and that's that's the first problem. Exactly. And I think, and we've talked about this before on other shows in the group, like on Twitter, like. Multiple people have, have made reference to it. Is no one has a clue on how to define the club right now. And if if we can't say that, then by default, Edu's failed at his job. Given what Tom just said, given the the initial dialogue behind his remit, he's already failed in this task. Irrespective of what's going on with with transfers or how we've handled Ganduzi and Saliba, all that kind of stuff. For base value, Edu has already failed. Because Man we, makes a mean mistake, though. Clearly, he does multiple, and sometimes they levitate. Without you know, I, I, any I, knowledge, part of me feels like because it was clearly a, the club's decision from Vinay and Josh's point of view to promote Ed, uh, promote Arteta to manager. Now, when they did that, Edu, from what I understand, was no longer kind of a superior to Arteta at that point. They were basically on a level playing field as head coach. Edu was kind of you know he held quite a bit of you know clout over uh, Arteta but as soon as they promoted Arteta to manager that playing field completely leveled mm. so that you remember like when decisions were made around players that we would sign and Edu would turn around and be like no we're not going for him we're going to go for this person and, and so on when when Arteta was promoted that power struggle basically started to swing in the Spaniards' favour. At the end of that 2020 window after he'd been promoted, we heard these stories about Partey basically being Edu's kind of prerogative. And that seemed to be the final moment where Edu had more control, despite that being just after uh, Arteta being promoted. You go to January, we get, obviously, Martin Erdegaard comes in on loan and Edu was given a lot of credit for sorting that deal out. Mm. We go to the end of the season... Arteta loves Erdogan. There are reports and stories out there he's practically obsessed with the idea of Erdogan and that he was always the number one, number 10 option that for us that he wanted throughout the summer. I don't know where these James Madison links necessarily came, whether they were invented by you-know-who, or whether, and then obviously certain members of the media have, have picked up on that and decided to run with it as well. But if that did happen, and you know, part of me does trust that there was certainly interest from Arsenal in that story... It felt like that was certainly going through intermediaries, which would have been heavily Edu-focused. Have nothing more so to do with Arteta. If it was the talks that were going on, it was much more Edu that was after Madison and that Arteta was much more keen on Arsenal going for, if he ever became available again, going for Martin Erdegaard. So do you think that the, the decision to promote Arteta to manager has undermined Edu's position as technical director in any way and made that job much more difficult. But what what would he be do? What is he doing now, though? So, uh, like, assume we know what he did before. It was it was Yeah. Well, what is what is he doing now, though? What do we know? Do we actually have I an idea? I think he's basically do, he, he's basically not. I was going to say he's. he's 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 the right hand man to Arteta. Like if Arteta wants a player, it's kind of so he's like the Steve Bold. What is he doing? Then what is Dick Garlic doing? And what is what is <laughs> well, what, what, Dick, what? Dick Garlic's meant to be the guy it, to negotiate the contracts? Edu so he's the, the guy that was was the opposite of uh, of Dick Law that that, that you that you named many the years reason, ago. The reason yeah. I, I Which asked we're now not able to say on the phone. No, we're not. No, we're definitely <laughs> not. I know exactly. I remember that was classic. Um, <laughs> The, re no, so the, the, the reason I asked that question is because <laughs> I think it's important to consider that, you know, if we can't even define exactly what these people are doing for this club, 
then surely, then, then like, how the hell are we supposed to figure out what the, what our issues are on this field? How are, we, how are we as fans supposed to sit back and kind of recognize what we need to do and where we need to to and where we need to go? Uh, you it's all right. No, all right. He just put something in the private chat. I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's, it's for me. Don't worry. All right, all right. So, yeah, ultimately, if we, ah, forget it, whatever. <laughs> I'm no, trying to trying to have a conversation here. You guys are like I'm laughing. I'm listening to you. Sorry, Mike's no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just saying no, that. Has he undermined the position by promoting Arteta? Has it undermined Edu's position? I don't think we even know what Edu's position is anymore. So by definition, yes. And what was the I point of doing that? And what was and, and so is he like an assistant coach? Is he no, like? You just tell someone... me, John. What do you think from what you've seen of Edu in the last year? What do mm-hmm. you think Edu's job is? What is he? I I think Edu's job is to have the contacts that you know and to go out and and to and to you know kind of like what what Sven was doing at the time possibly or what uh, Raul was doing rather uh, at the time. And I think that now that's fallen mostly to Edu and he's kind of the suave Arsenal DNA guy, you know, that goes with his nice suit and tries to impress the player and his family about why they should come to Arsenal, what it means to be an Arsenal player and what the plan is and the future holds. And I think he's a salesman for us now. And uh, I, I don't know though. That's the thing. That's my guess. We don't have any clarity. And part of the problem is that we don't have clarity. And how are you going to fix something when it's unclear exactly what's going on? If they might have an idea and they might figure it out, but based on what we're seeing, it doesn't look like it's working out too well. So uh, obviously it's, not, you know, whatever. Uh, no, look, it's important because to know if he's doing a good job, we need to know what his job is. Like. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is difficult. And I think Arteta being promoted to manager has confused and blurred those lines between who's responsible for what. And and this these rumors... When did that happen? It was, it was right after the... Right after the start of 2020. It was right at the beginning of 2020. Basically, in the trail of the FA Cup and all the positivity and the... His job is powers. And it was another really amateur move by the club to look at an inexperienced coach after six months in charge to promote him to the same position held by previously Arsene Wenger. Unai Emery was never a manager at Arsenal. Unai Emery was always head coach. And yet after six months in the job in which, you know, we, in the league, struggled. We finished, what, eighth that year? Yes. And we got, we played a, a few very good, I mean, if you say very good performances, if it weren't for a last minute strike by Danny Ceballos, we never would have got past Sheffield United to get to that FA Cup. That's true. Uh, Michael, Michael just pointed out exactly what I was meant get, getting to earlier. He said, how can we be successful in the pitch when the structure keeps changing? And I alluded to earlier, you had you had this power, this vacuum that existed when Wenger left. You, you We appointed Emery and left, and Emery left at the same time. We had Sven Mislintat and Raul and and uh you know what's his name uh the what is he vice president whatever he is now uh um, and now and then uh, yeah. yeah now which is another one by the way and uh now edu and arteta who was a coach then he was a manager and now they're on the same it's like there's no stability in the back room how do you expect anything any it's too many cooks in the kitchen and nobody knows how to cook that's exactly what's happening right now i feel and that's what it seems like is exactly what you see on the pitch it's look, the, the moment, the club, and I said this earlier on in the lounge, and I said that to be an Arsenal fan right now is horrible. It is genuinely horrible being an Arsenal fan. We are not in a good place amongst our rivals. We're not in a good place amongst each other. We're the butt of every single joke in the league. And to be honest, I think that's, that is leading to some really silly opinions being created by a lot of people about other Arsenal fans or other Arsenal channels or whatever. At the end of the day, we all know 
what the main crux of the issue at Arsenal is, and it's the, those that are in charge and those that are making the decisions from the top, and that those decisions are clearly wrong. I am worried if these rumours do turn out to say be true and someone is going, and let's say, for instance, that someone is Edu that gets sacked. I don't think that's a just decision. I, and I don't mean that in the sense of I don't think he deserves to go. There's a strong argument to say he might deserve to go. But for him to go before Arteta and for them to make the choice, they assess what's happening at the club and to say that Edu is responsible for the results on the pitch over Arteta right now and to get rid of him is a massive call. That's a huge call if they were to get rid of Arteta. You, you're you're then consolidating even more power under Arteta in exactly. the style of Arsene Wenger. Exactly. And what Which was, is maybe what they're trying to do. Remember, like, everything was golden under him. What is the style? I don't know what it is. So, so remember what I just said before. And, and listen, that's why I've been quiet because I've, I've been, I've been, I've been <laughs> digesting and, and trying. Like when you're playing Fast and Furious and your NOS bars increasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because you would never play uh, a video game whilst <laughs> doing a podcast. Never. No, oh man, it's for me. It's, yeah, I was kind of just stewing over it. And I just realized that it goes back to what we were kind of talking about before. It's if Josh's idea, because we've all agreed that Stan stands absentee, fine. We all know Josh is the de facto figurehead, fine. But if Josh's idea of how to take this club forward is to try to institute a structure that works for all the other franchises under his stewardship. It would make sense that what he's doing is he would rather remove Edu and keep the young manager that he's handpicked to replace him and then have it just be Arteta and him. That would make sense. That looks way more that looks a lot closer to you know a North American franchise than having someone in Edu's position. The only thing you're missing then is like a like a general manager, which he he could be acting general manager because for years a lot of North American franchises have yeah, their owner, would be yeah, their owner runs is the GM as well. You have that a lot, hmm. so it would not surprise me if it's going to be Josh and then Arteta and then there's no tech, no 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 technical director. I don't, I don't. Do we know? Do we know no. the the dynamic between Arteta and Edu? Do we? Because no, like, I'm trying to work out. We don't. No, know. no, not like not in terms of what their jobs are, but I, are I they for friends? some reason, yeah, for some reason, I got, I, I, in my mind, they kind of were. They were on the same page and they're working together. But you know, I'm not. It, do we know that? Because if because if that's not the case. That could explain a lot of the kind of bizarre decisions that are being made. From, I think we could get an exclusive look into an in-season through. Like, yeah, they only had like a camera crew behind there. Yeah. In, you know, I'm now looking forward to watching that. Like I was, I was dreading it because if oh, things didn't go well for us, I didn't want to watch it. But now that things are going as even worse than I thought they could have, now I actually want to watch I it. Because know what the. F- is going on. I, I can't <laughs> feel any worse about it. Do you, I don't. That's the thing is that we don't know if it will because we know that Arsenal have editorial. Can you imagine it comes out and it's like it paints like an like like a just completely bizarre. It's like a bizarro <laughs> picture. We're we're it, we're winning the league. It's it's like. It's like a North Korean Amazon.com yeah. version. Of- you have like and you have like like Obamiang like crip walking in the in the you know in the dressing room and big Lambo shopping. Look, they'll, they'll just like 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 brutally photoshop stuff to make it look like everyone's happy. Like yeah, they'll, like, they'll like put they, like a smile on somebody's face. They, we're like holding an FA Cup even though we didn't win it or something. You know. Like- <laughs> Arteta is delivering his tactics, and they just bleep all of it out. <laughs> yeah. Or like a cut to it, and it clearly is just like him talking to an empty room, and then pans to a shot of the room where everyone's kind of like, "Yeah, I get it." That, that yeah, he, he's doing his tactic, and then it goes to the whole team dancing after they won the FA Cup, and then. <laughs> 
make it look like that's how they're receiving the tactics. Anyway, look, we've got 15 minutes left and then we're going to go through your user questions and get as many of those as we feasibly can into our time that's got left as Drew attacks the chat box. You know, you know, no, 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 no. I just like, you know, it's funny though. We, 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 didn't, we didn't really ever actually answer the question overall. If, is there I, an answer for a question? No, I don't think, and that's the thing. I think that, I don't think there is, but this will kind of circle. So I wanted to touch something real fast. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, go get, go get over Mars, bring him in. And I'm sitting there just like, and I just shake my head because like everyone just looks at the fact that, I mean, it's great that he's a, that he's a club, he's iconic for the club. So by default, you hope he understands a bit better. We thought that about Edu and look how that's potentially worked out in the first place. But that's irrespective of that. There's a real difference about Overmars doing his job at an institution like Ajax that have been run the exact same way for the last 60 plus years that are incredibly well run, that are the, the, the top, club in the Netherlands that have top billing on everything that at worst case scenario finish second at any given season, but really they're supposed to be winning the league every year. It's a very different job running that club than it is running an Arsenal that has no bounded institution that he can fall back on to say, this is what we are. And we've been this way for however many years. Now I know what I have to do. It's not the same job. Neither it is for any other manager coming in. I don't is better. That's, I don't that's the crux of it. I don't think that they can fix it. I think that they need are they, they I don't I don't think this ownership group has the capability to fix this. No, they don't. And it's the point of saying that you, you can you can change as many pieces of the machine as you like. But if the plug's pulled out, it's not it's gonna not work. gonna work. Right, and, right. And, and and that's the issue with it right now is that Drew, what you're saying about Overmars is spot on. It's the same thing about Ranjik and what he did at RB Leipzig. It's a different pro it's a project, it's a different process. <laughs> Let's use that word. But the point of the fact is is that I don't think Overmars coming into Arsenal is, is ever going to be able to succeed with those that are above him and those Absolutely that are not. enabling him. It's, no. it's just it's, it's ridiculous. And so at what point do you then have that same like same vision of, say, Edu, which is what we've talked about ages, is that I don't know whether it, that the criticism of Edu, which is a, a person who is shrouded in a lot more mystery than, say, Arteta. Like Every week we see the, the workings of Arteta's outcomes because it, it happens on the pitch, his selection, his style, the results on the pitch. Edu is different because you don't know what's necessarily going on as much with him other than the signings that we make. And even then, that's you know very much still leaning more towards Arteta now. Well, and, and remember that Edu was brought in on, t on top of still having Raul there, Raul. Mm -hmm. Raul. I mean that yeah. he wasn't meant to replace Raul. He was he, kind of a Sven replacement, really. Wasn't he, it? he more, yeah, in, probably in more way, than yes. anything else, but yeah. but definitely not from a scouting background, other than his contacts in South America that 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 were pointed to. So, I mean, there was even more of a clutter. Then there was this call, and 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 mm -hmm. we're right back where we began. And and and, yep. and and then also, Ajax don't scout through a system like Stat DNA, which we're clearly keeping. So that at no at no aspect of no. what we are at the minute fits anybody you're going to throw out there but right we now. Can't are, we, the are we keeping that? Because we just we just got the lady was in charge of it at the club. Yeah, we're we're still just keeping let, it. We're still we, keeping it. No, what I'm just saying is we just let her go. So oh, that's no, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the lady in charge of it is gone. So well, either, thing, as of last week, we were keeping it. Now we might not be. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know. So. <laughs> That's not the problem. But that's the thing. That's <laughs> yes, yes, and like, okay, let's say we are keeping it. We don't even know how we're going to be using it from go going forward. We clearly the way it's been used in this plan that they have is not the right way because they fired the person in charge of it. Yeah. So. Oh, Edu yeah. said, didn't he? He wants to go down a stat-driven approach. We've just hired three scouts this summer. We've we did. We've been doing a stat-driven approach. After sacking fifty of them, 
Yeah, yeah it's like, oh man, it's, this club in itself is a contradiction of it. Like, it just okay, so continuously contradicts. Maybe, itself. maybe that's the plan. Maybe they just want to get everyone so desensitized and like confused over what's going on that they that like any positive is like, it's, wow, how did this and, happen? This and is it's great. working with me because at this point, <laughs> I, I just I, honestly, I, I, I don't. I don't care anymore. Like, I mean, it's not that I don't care anymore. I care, I care a lot, but I oh, just no, you're, I, you're I, numb. You're absolutely numb. I, I am numb. I, I see. I don't. I didn't feel that. Um, I'm completely. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Can you do it again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you really hit yourself up. <laughs> really, that was a, he smacked it himself. From, I heard it. Literally, the mic picked it up. My son, oh, one yeah. time after a particularly good goal that he scored in youth in youth football, like 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 went like this, and then like he had he actually got went down to his knees because he was in so much pain from hitting himself. Yeah, the adrenaline wore off. That's what happened. That's yeah, exactly. So yeah, awesome. well, the adrenaline <laughs> the adrenaline has worn off with regards to trying to figure this out and as long as you know yeah we can talk about Overmars we can talk about Ragnick we can talk about Conte we could talk I don't know Drew doesn't want to talk about Conte but please Christ no like but Tom's right none of that stuff in in and of itself is going to fix the problem as long as the Cronkies are here and so you know good friends like Russ and others are, are you know who, who like to point to the ownership more than the coaching and more than the management and the board yeah, you're right. Except, except that's not going to happen. No, we we can't. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, sorry that I don't believe that if we if we pay for tickets and don't show up, that it's gonna that it's gonna have the manager sell. It's not. Sorry, do I don't believe that 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 protest. I, I'm I'm not telling you not to protest, but I don't believe it's gonna move the needle mm -hmm. on Josh Kroenke's desire to sell the club at all. So I, I think I just, yeah. I, he's he's the unless they have a major fine and maybe this lawsuit. In, in St. Louis will will have an impact and move the needle, but un, until they're gone, it doesn't matter who we bring in. Maybe on the short term to stop the bleeding. I mean, I and I'm all for it. Change the coach, change the change the director of football, do whatever we have to do because what we're doing right now isn't working. But don't get your hopes up that there's going to be some sort of instant solution. And that goes for buying big players too. Um, that goes for buying. I mean, we could buy Mbappe and Holland, and we'd still finish ninth with the with the oh, way yeah, that the club is running. And I've said that time after time. It doesn't matter if you put Lewandowski or Holland in the striker position. We are not creating. We'll ruin luxury. them instead of them helping us. Exactly. They will not. Whoever puts whoever is in the striker position will not score enough goals. And, and even if we add the fabled right back and centre midfielder, I think we need. It, we may improve some results, but we're not going to progress. I don't think too much unless we genuinely have a way that we want to play that's shown. Because if we're real, most of the team is now Arteta's team. Like most of it is signings made under his mm -hmm. tenure and Edu's tenure. So it's well, no longer that. It's that, that's Starting eleven had eight players. Except for everybody that started against he picked, <laughs> he picked those, John. He had Nuno yeah. Tavares on the bench. He had Lacunga on the bench. He had. Rams I know what you're saying. I'm just never missing you. Great. <laughs> hey, you guys did it before, right so I'm just returning it to you. Anyway, look, we're only a few minutes away from uh, from you guys being able to ask your questions in the chat box. So if you do have them, uh, please do use the capital Q in the chat, and we'll answer as many as we can in the last half an hour. Before we do get to those, we have a little bit of a, a matter of transfer deadline day to talk about tomorrow. Believe it or mm -hmm. not, there's more that we have to discuss. We are led to believe that pretty much right now the chances of Arsenal signing someone are pretty slim and it would take a big twist, a Partey-esque twist on the last day of the season, or the season, or the deadline, or it feels like Arsenal season could end if we don't do anything tomorrow. Um, but I'll go for each of you. I want to hear your expectations, ins and outs. Drew, we'll start with you, mate. What's your expect? Not what you want to happen. What's the expectation of the club tomorrow? Gotta go, I mean, guys, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, this, it's... 
it's hard to tell because we don't even know what's going on with, say, Maitland Niles' future. No. That alone gives me little hope about any movement, but we've been known to make deadline day deals before, so I half expect them to happen. I just don't know if it's going to be what we want to happen. At the, at the bare minimum, I expect us to get a center midfielder. If we don't, you may as well just liquidate the club because it's the, the, the gross mismanagement of like the absolute highest order if we don't get a midfielder by tomorrow evening. Oh, you moan about hyperbole. <laughs> just like, it's just, so, it's, yeah, it's just frustrating. But um, yeah, I expect so, so a midfielder. So if we don't in, buy a midfielder, we, if we, if we don't buy a midfielder, if we don't buy, not just liquidation, if, like literally raise yes. the Emirates to the ground. I think just, so. Just it's covered like, in acid, just the yeah. stadium. Just dunk, just dunk Gunnersaurus. <laughs> Liquidize the Emirates stadium. Yes. Because it, it, shows, it shows that there's no plan for anything at any aspect at any point. Because we'd be looking at from <laughs> early January to, to mid February having two midfielders if none of if none of them get injured during Afcon. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just like so we need a midfielder. I don't think we're going to do a right back because we have eighty six of them already and we can't sell any of them apparently. So mm. I think that's dead. I think you need a midfielder or two, and I hope we at least get one. That's kind of my base level requirement for you know for tomorrow. So John, mm-hmm. expectations for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, I, I told you I didn't think Bellerin was going anywhere, and that's looking more and more like the case. Um, I just don't, I, you know, I, I think that we would, like Drew said, we need a, a center midfielder. We had for a while. We bought a defender, even though we had Saliba on loan, um, which is fine. I think I rate Ben White. I think he's good, but I think we need a, a mil- midfielder. I think we need a right back because Cedric and Chambers ain't it as much as people want to think that they are. Um, I think that we need to even potentially, uh, we got, you know, in Tavares, we have a backup left back, arguably. But then again, we uh, do we even know how Arteta is going to want to play going forward? Are we playing with the three at the back? It looked like we did at some point. Uh, are we going to play with four at the back? I think that depends on the kind of setup that we're dealing with here. Uh, striker situation, what's going on there? Lacazette doesn't look like he's going anywhere, um, which is, by the way, it, it, you know, I'm talking about Edu and the ownership, they were, uh, you know, <laughs> They were saying, "Hey, you know, we're not going to let these players go for free anymore. That we're going to when they have two years and like whatever." Point is, I don't have expectations to answer your question. Um, there, there, there are none. I don't think I don't think we're going to make the right moves. We need to send a, a midfielder. We need a right back. We're not going to get it. I think that the team sheet, pretty much as we saw it, minus a couple that might leave, are going to be what we're working with this summer, um, uh, rather in the fall. So until January, I am afraid that's what we got. Mike, I'll answer the question you asked, which is, what do I actually think will happen tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, just, I just answered that. No, you, you went through the whole thing. <laughs> I, I went through a whole thing, but I answered it ultimately. So if you want to answer it too, <laughs> go for it. Oh, We're going to make three loan deals that do absolutely nothing for us, such like such as sending Mainsley to Everton on a loan with no option to buy, no or no no requirement to buy, or no even with an option to buy, Steve. No, no no requirement that they improve him at all. Uh, you know, at least build in a requirement that they improve him. But I mean, like, no, we're gonna we're gonna end up just shitting our pants and making four, three or four loan moves for players that should have been sold, but we couldn't get rid of. Ninketia would probably go back to Leeds, uh, even though they've just signed Daniel James for thirty million pounds. And we're all just, you know, those idiots will be standing outside the Emirates uh, making crude gestures behind the Sky Sports guy, and that'll be the highlight of our day tomorrow. 
I just had a, a vision of like an office style documentary at the end of the season with this all or nothing where like, you know, you know, when like, can you, you imagine if, if they, if they, they go into the bathroom, you know, they stand outside the bathroom and you can hear what's going on. Like you're just going to be Arteta on a cell phone, like crying. <laughs> I just want the side to open with the office theme music, like the office, the office theme song playing. That's what's gonna. Happen. Oh mate, it's gonna be such an interesting watch. I I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Um, anyway, <laughs> and it was Toby in. Fraser said. <laughs> let's everyone is Toby. Mate, so many Tobys. Uh, in the chat box, let's go through all of your, all of them. We'll, we'll say all of them. We'll go through as many as we can. Um, are 90% I'm sure. of them about the Bells tweet? Yes, they are. And I'm just sifting <laughs> through them now. <laughs> uh, Drew Cripps says, do you think that Ramsdale, Maitland-Null, Saliba, Gabriel, and Tavares could work as a sturdy back four? Mm, no, I, I don't really think so. I think... No. For all the positives he showed when he was a right back, I think Milanaz is a better right wing back than a right back. I think it's very different seeing him in the back three than the back four. But Tavares, I think, shows promise. I think his athleticism is, is quite good, but I think he's still too raw to, to be starting at any point. Um, and we, we talked about earlier in the group chat about Saliba, but there's still no indication that he would still be this rock at the back that would magically propel us into a top four, top six position, despite what he's doing at Marseille and what he did at Nice last year. So I don't think it would be better. I think you would try that out in like an FA Cup match. You would try it out in your belief, but we don't have your belief now, so we don't have that option. But in the further future, no, I wouldn't want to say that either. I think we could do a hell of a lot better than that for sure. So. Uh, John Anton Klein, this is a good one, uh, says, uh, what is the single biggest mistake we've made this transfer window? Great show so far. So far. Yeah. I honestly think that as much as I like the contract extension for Xhaka and I've been a big proponent of the guy, I think I think that the lack of a midfield signing, if it doesn't happen, is the biggest mistake that we've made. Um, I'm happy with Odegaard and all that, but in terms of that 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 holding kind of midfield position, the fact that if we don't strengthen that, that's I mean, and, and if we don't strengthen it, and instead gave Jaka an extension like he had, you know, maybe a year or something, but like this is a long term deal for the guy. Um, and as much as I rate him, I, I don't know if that I think that was a big mistake. Uh, and, and when I say oh, rate him, oh. you know, you know what I mean. You know my thoughts on Jaka. It says people say owners are backing Arteta with 130 million, but how can they truly back him if the club is self-sustaining and the money coming from the club is from itself? Mike, what do you think about that? Well, look, I mean, people talk about the owners spending money, but the, if the club is self-sustaining, that the club can be self-sustaining and spend big money on transfers when, when we're a profitable club, as we were up until about two seasons ago. Now that we're running a, a, a deficit, now that our, our income for COVID reasons and for us being absolute pants and pony reasons and not getting television money that people in fourth place and third place in European competitions get, um, you know, them spending this kind of money is actually coming from ownership. Uh, there's a there's 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 a rule. Well, there used to be a rule in in FFP that you couldn't lose more than a certain amount over three years to keep clubs from running at a deficit that was mostly from player transfers. 
And, uh, and we're actually entering that kind of territory right now. Uh, if our net spend ends up being, because we can't sell players, if it ends up being well over 100 million pounds, and on top of that, from non-player trading, we end up losing 30, 40, 50, 60 million pounds, you can't say that they didn't spend money. Our owners have never been against spending money on players. Um, it, it, this isn't just some, this isn't the first transfer window that we spent money where it was needed and, and been not afraid to, to, to plunk a, maybe even too much money down for certain players like Ben White and Pepe and Ramsdale. Uh, that's never been the issue. It's been the wisdom of how they do that and basically how they manage the players already on the pay- payroll. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think he's being backed. I think they're getting the new players that they wanted. I think they're, I, I, I think Arteta's probably, I don't think Arteta said, Hey, I want to go get Basuma or Camavinga or Locatelli or any of these people. And the issue has been that the ownership is like, no, we'd prefer to haggle over 8 million pounds or 4 million pounds with Granit Xhaka and then end up giving him the money instead of Roma. I don't think that's the conversation that was happening. So I think he's been backed. I just don't know that they've just mismanaged the relationships and the contracts that we're ending up with, with people on this team who are crying out on social media to leave mm. and aren't going to be given their, their wish. So. No, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, the mate and Niles tweet is just, look, it's, it's, it's just another day at Arsenal for me. It's just another, another incident. Like I don't agree with him doing it, but I mean, it's not new, is it? It's not surprising. So it's what it is. Um, Divian says, uh, would it be really bad if Josh is the sort of general manager? It's his money and maybe that persuades him to spend more of it, Drew. <laughs> I'm looking at your face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it wouldn't be bad because he'd be coming into an arena that he just doesn't have the knowledge base that he has, that he has a a history with that he does in in the U S I don't think he could do that job. Being a GM type is hard enough without understanding the kind of markets you're working with, the kind of the players, every facet of it, I think it would be an absolute disaster. And my worry is that that's how, if we were to sack Edu, I could see us just being him and then Arteta. I could actually see us not going out and getting, uh, a director of football, for example, or you know, a technical director. And that the happens. owners that are the GM. There's a couple examples in yeah. U.S. sports to look at. One is Jerry Jones of the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Another, you could say, kind of, I, I, they may have had a GM, but Mark Cuban mm-hmm. uh, of Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Glenn Sather as well. But so, but Jerry jo- oh, Jerry yeah. Jones took over that team and instantly built a, a a great great winner. And then when everybody aged out of that, coaches and players. Jerry Jones tried to fill the gap by making these massive signings and 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 bringing star names and spending money and spending money and always trying to be that guy and it just failed. It's like it's the situation that I could see happening if Josh Kroenke was in that position because mm-hmm. you got a guy who who knows business, doesn't know football, or was born into business, doesn't know football. In this case, real football. Uh, you know, and yeah, maybe he'd be more likely to throw money at it, but I don't know that he'd be throwing money at it the right way. And he, you know, he's got to cede control, but still write checks. And frankly, I think that's what they've done. They're just ceding the control to the wrong people. Yeah. John John says, uh, "How long will Arteta remain in the job?" In your opinion, I think. I think. What time is it? <laughs> yeah. What time is the window? Uh, I think that um, it's a very good question, and it, I think that the next the next match, I think, is Norwich, is going to be very determinative over what the future looks like for Arteta at this club. If we don't get a result, if we don't score a goal there and we go down one, two goals or something like that again, 
I mean, we're, we're, it, it's possibly imminent in my opinion, but um, I th- obviously I think that once this window's closed, he's going to get the, the opportunity. I had him before all of the shenanigans this season um, that they were at least going to try to get him until January and reassess. But I think with these, and we knew we said we were on the podcast, and I said these first three, four games are going to be extremely important for him. If he doesn't do well, the pressure is going to start building, and we're at that point where it's almost at a, at a breaking point for Arteta, I think. And um, if if there isn't a microscope on him from from up above, there is going to need to be very soon, um, and there very well may be in the next match. We'll see. I, I still have the hot take that I don't think it matters where we are in the league. I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I really can't see him getting rid of him, to be honest. We'll you don't think if we if we actually drop <laughs> point or lose to Norwich and Burnley and Burnley, and you don't think you think and he's then, still and, then, and then's the Derby. It, you know, if we beat Norwich and Burnley and then and then don't show up at the Derby, many people would say that should be his head. I don't think that it would be. But if we if we get less two points or less out of those three games, it's bad. It's got to be the Monday. It's got to be the day after the Derby. I don't. It's got. It's got to be the day like before. Do you know what I mean? Like well, it should be, but but like yeah. that would be the. I mean, if, if our if our ownership actually understood what the, what the Derby mm-hmm. meant, that should they, he should be sacked before the press conference after the game if that's what happens. But what's the what argument is Arteta giving them now for why he should ha- keep his job? Like, what is he do? What is he showing them? He'll like, be saying that I haven't got my players and that we were against Man City and Chelsea and that we've got Partey, Gabriel, White, all of them are out. Lacazette and Abamian weren't available for Brentford. That's what he'll say. So, it's yeah, but that, but, but then, but then you then only have that argument. Promotion. You only have that argument until I'm that's not happened. saying that. I'll tell you what I think he was going to say. <laughs> yeah, he, you only I have agree that. With you. Uh, you only have that argument until you don't anymore, and then fine. Yeah. Let, like maybe that's so. To answer the question, how long will Arteta remain in the job? I think until that T gets crossed. Once he has yeah. his players back and he loses that excuse, they say, "Where the hell is this team going?" Hopefully, if they're competent, and if he doesn't have an answer, then you got to let him go. But real fast, the issue is at, at no point does the football season happen. Uh, under optimal circumstances for the entirety of the season. So what Ted is showing you with that possible answer is that I cannot perform for 95% of an actual season because I need optimal circumstances to do my job, in which case no one should be employed in any job in, in, in any realm of the world at, at any point. Right, and you can't just keep moving the goalposts whenever there's Correct. some failure in your job. You can't say, well, I didn't have Partey and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, well, now it was COVID. Oh, well, now, you know, they're tired and we, you know, we just came back from international break. Yeah, my, so my course, answer to that course, is... David Moyes has West Ham in second. That's you know that that would be my answer to that question. And David Moyes had West Ham finish ahead of us last season and, and got United United in league. Europe and in the Europa League with a squad I'm, which is good, but on paper is not better than Arsenal. So they, 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 they just know what they're about. about Jesse Lingard. Correct. Like, he has a Jesse Lingard. Like, yeah. Argument, and he, he has a system that fits the players. It, it's it's been simplified to, to to maximize their best place. Look at what it was with Miguel Antonio, who th- three four years ago. No one would have taken a punt on him, and now he's arguably one of the best center forwards England has out of a group of however many. In the- Jamaica has uh, Drew because he could be, you know. That's true. I think, yeah, I think he now. Uh, yeah, he's he's, he's he doing has, nationality. He has he declared, doesn't he? Yeah. So. Oh, did he? Okay, well, there you go. But either oh, way, sure, yeah. but look what he's done with that. Just as an example, and they keep buying players that fit Moyes' system as well. So clearly, they're being more well run. So yeah, I think as John said, you can't keep moving the goalposts to well, I need this to succeed. Well, eventually you might get there, but you still have to do something when you don't have the best case scenario. That's like saying that, that, that generals in the armed forces can only do their job as generals when 
everything's at max capacity. Well, they, they probably shouldn't be generals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's just it's nonsense. So, yeah. Oh, here's a fun one. Uh, Mike uh, Porias says, uh, "Why did Arteta let Saliba go when we definitely have a lot of problems in defense? Is he really worse than Marie or holding?" I don't think that the Saliba issues come down to talent uh, as much as they'd like to talk about. It. I think it comes down to personality, yeah. uh, maturity, lack thereof. Um, clearly, he's talented enough. Uh, you know, again, he's made he's made what a team of the week along with Guendouzi and in, in, in legal. <laughs> of course, um, of course, that happened this week. Of course, oh, uh, you know, it's yeah. almost like 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 the entirety of France is just like getting back at us for not having like the French core anymore. And they just, they just <laughs> want to stick the needle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, he's talented. I, Premier League's not the same as Ligue 1. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, but, but clearly he should be at a level where at least we can be bringing him up and, and, and having him as a third or fourth choice rather than, you know, what we have now. Um, and, that just tells me that there has to have been some issues. I mean, we we're, we've seen we've seen evidence of his immaturity uh, from a few years ago. I don't know that you can hold that against somebody for the rest of their lives, um, but uh, you know, I, I I just think that more behind the scenes happened probably between him and, him and Arteta. But that's happened with enough different people now that you have to start looking at Arteta. Because it, it's happened with Guendouzi, and Guendouzi seems like a bit of a punk to me. So, like, I can see that happening. It's it seemingly has happened with Mainsley, where you know now he's suddenly decided that he wants to play fullback, but yet he's being thrown on in the seventy first minute of a of a game that's been lost and lost and lost by that point, uh, which is almost worse than not putting him in the game at all, <laughs> as far as showing the guy some respect. So, you know, there, there's just a lot of personality clashes here. And Arteta seems to be the common denominator for them, and he he's just not putting up with it. So, you know, Saliba's not gone yet, but he's not coming back as long as Arteta's here. No, I mean, just I was thinking while you were talking about Saliba thing and, and and the French like team of the week, just to kind of sum up for Arsenal fans the last seventy two hours of what's happened to Arsenal. <laughs> like we've lost five nil against Manchester City, in which we played Kalasinac for his second successive game in a row, and we played Martin Odegaard as a number eight. William Saliba and Matteo Ganduzi have played the game of their lives for Marseille and earned themselves a position in the team of the week. Meza Ozil has tweeted out saying, trust the process. Maitland Niles has gone onto his Instagram page and tweeted it, posted the story saying, just let me go, basically. We've got Spurs putting a 30 million euro bid for Emerson, who desperately Arsenal fans were pining after for, for months and months. Eddie Nketiah has had a move to Crystal Palace fall apart because Arsenal wouldn't accept anything less than £20 million. They're now going for who? Odson Edouard as a striker. Uh, to go a little bit further than that, I think we've seen some tweets suggesting, obviously, that the ownership could be getting rid of one of our executives at the club. Um, we've seen and we've Grant- given Granit Jack an extension. Well, yeah, well, obviously that happened a while but, ago. But yeah, but, but honestly, like it's he almost got sent off. Got yeah, card. it's a, a red card. Yeah, a we red gave him an extension. He got and he got uh, padded on the ass. This padding on the ass is that part of like the add-ons? Yeah, that, I think that, that, that was part of his. That, that was part of his contract. So, <laughs> yeah, got, maybe that removes some. And it's all being documented on camera. But here's here's the fun, the funny part about all of this. We started Kalasinac for two games in a row. That uh, a guy that that 
we couldn't want further away from the club, and apparently now, he'll be the captain for the for the Norwich game. Probably. We also the have funniest, the perfect meme now with Pablo Marie and Arteta. So yeah. I love that meme. Go on, the Josh. funniest part about this is that if you were to come up with like if you were if you were Cronky, and you were like, I want to do, I want to start acting as though in a way that pisses the fans off in the most highest possible sense and in the most succinct, perfect way. He's doing a great job. He's doing – I couldn't think of anything better to do to piss the fans off more than the, the actions. And, it's and almost – like now. literally, do you remember – now I'm only on season one, so don't spoil this, but – He eats the green eggs and the ham. No, no. <laughs> He's literally doing what – the owner of AFC Richmond wanted to do when she took over the club, which is just to ruin it from within by doing the most inept things. Yeah. Except, except it seems as though everything's coming together in the most wonderful way for them, though. And 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 Arsenal, it's just literally doing exactly what what I, I forget what her name is now, but the uh, the yeah, it's like it's and it's it's almost like it's really interesting. I couldn't. I was trying to think what else could have. The only other thing I think that would have would have been bad is if they uh if they announced like a William contract extension. Oh yeah, I was I was just about to say that. So that's the only good thing that's the best thing that's happening at Arsenal right now is that what that our worst player actually decided to leave. <laughs> that's that's how yeah. bad it is. It decided to terminate his contract. That's the best thing that we've done so far, I feel like. Masterclass from Adu and from Dick. It's Barber. impressive. It's impressive really how and from how, VC from VC. I'm just writing out a list of all the things that have happened to Arsenal in the last 72 hours. <laughs> and so I hit myself funny. in the head real hard, and now I'm not seeing so great. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny real fast? Well, before we go to the next question, I was, I was talking to um, Josh at Yama. He said that he literally sat there and was thinking that this has got to be like a piss take from Edward Arteta. Like, it has to be intentionally bad at this point for, <laughs> for reasons that we don't – for what John is saying. And I sat there and I was just like, you know what? I can't argue with that. If it's going to April first, it's going to be like. If it's gotten to the point where people are sitting here legitimately considering the fact that this could just be like some massive inside job by two people that and we've been like completely had, then you know we're in the bad spell. So I mean, like, it, it honestly, there's as much evidence to say that this is purposeful than than that it's incompetence. Because yeah, incompetent, like like. If you if you're bad at something, you, you do the same thing ten times. You're going to accidentally do it right one of those ten times. Yeah, and we we're not seeing that with Arsenal right now. They're not getting any anything right. I was just waiting. I think at any level, the real evidence would have been if Arteta came after that match and said, "You know, I, I don't know. I think we really had him for most of the match. Uh, I think that they put in, you know, they, there's the a better lot of passion. team lost today. There's a lot of passion and fight. The better, the been, better team lost today. That would have, this is just a, a bad simulation. That's what we're in, guys. And and if anyone, if anyone, and and I think the chat knows the tone of the four of us well enough. If anyone thinks that that we think this is funny, oh. like. Please no, don't mistake my. Uh, no, we're laughing. This is, if we're this just laughing. We're gonna collectively just. Start this is gallows humor. Don't, gallows don't humor. mistake yeah. the gallows humor and mm-hmm. and the and no, the laughing really so you don't cry that. type of situation because that that is all I have at this point. Arsenalistically, yeah. Because what's the alternative? What we just start shouting and abusing? Well, the and, well, and and that's the thing. Like I, I literally and I and I mentioned this to a couple people. Uh, I want to do a podcast where the get and and and, and not. In any kind of a piss take kind of format, I want to get a like a licensed therapist or psychologist 
who happens to <laughs> to know football. Like, like, sorry, that's I, this is where we're at, and it's not. I, necessarily... I want to do that because because I honestly don't know how to process a lot of this stuff. So I'm, you know, I, I mean, look, I have I have a family, I have a life, I have a career, I have friends. You some have of them, some of them even aren't involved in Arsenal. Some friends of mine, but but you know, most are, and. I just I, I don't want my relationships to be affected by this, so I need to be able to like get a, get healthy with you know. And I know the the instant thing is we'll turn Twitter off and turn social media off. I it's can't. Not that I'm easy. running a cancer charity that yeah. that relies on social media right now, so I can't yeah. can't can't even do that if I wanted to. But like, I want to know how to process it, and I don't want you know a therapist that's going to say the obvious thing, which is you should really de-emphasize this as being such an important part of your life because that's that's tone deaf to the whole you know. Right. Yeah. So I want a therapist who people are like it's just football. It's like it's not just football. You don't understand. It's not. Like, it's, not. it's not. And I, I remember yeah. I was watching Man City. I woke up at six in the morning to watch that game. And and, and and then my wife, my you know, my wife wakes up and she walks by and she like she's like, "How's it going?" And I didn't answer her. And then she looked at the screen and saw four nil at that point. And she's like, "Oh!" And then she just kept. <laughs> she like knew. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Like, this is not good right now. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking like. This this is it's not just football. It's like we this is something that we, we we are passionate about. That we get up, that we spend our time, that we think about, that we we you know it, it takes up a big portion of our lives, our emotions, and, and our thoughts. But so the, it's not just football. And no, no, it's not. But the one thing I am not going to do is and I'm not going to track into the the category of people. And and God bless them. This is how they process. This is how I process. I'm not going to rant and rave and let my and let my blood pressure go up significantly and Ooh. and 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 do it whilst calling out other people for not doing that. Like like look, you everyone can, deals you, with it differently. Everyone deals with whatever stressors. you want. I have I have to laugh at the situation. It doesn't mean that I think it's funny. It doesn't mean that I'm amused by it. It certainly doesn't help me in any kind of a personal, professional, or podcastial way. Um, it's just <laughs> I'm with yeah. It's just it's just the way that you like if you don't want to just literally lie in bed like like just pounding the pounding the pillows over your you know to get your anger out or worse Crazy take your stuff. anger out on somebody else you just. Uh, I was yeah, just laughing. And, and, the and, fifth, and, when the fifth goal get, went in, I just started cracking up. I just started like <laughs> cracking up, and like my and like there, she was my wife came in, like saw now it's five nil, and I'm laughing my ass off on the couch. And she and like it didn't understand. It's like those. Understand. It's like the. I mean, God forbid. It's like those homeless people on the street who are just laughing hysterically, and you're like, what? What are they so? What are they laughing at so much? Yeah, and it's, it's just because like like think. I mean, I'm not comparing our situation to the play. I was wondering where you're going with this. Home and their family. But I'm just—I mean, not yet, anyway. But like, I get what you're saying. It's you're saying just, how can yeah. how can life get any worse? Like you're laughing. How are we in this situation? It's a tragic comedy at this point. It is a tragic comedy. That's what that's what Arsenal. And that's why I said earlier, and we come kind of full circle. Is that it's genuinely horrible to be an Arsenal fan right now. Yeah. It is absolutely horrible to be an Arsenal fan. So, oh man, oh god, what is the what? what, what did you just what, treat us? What have you sent us? What tweet what? have you sent us to? Barcelona have an agreement with a striker. Oh, oh my god! It's Eddie and Kenya to Barcelona. <laughs> I don't know that that account has two hundred thirty-five thousand followers. So it no, must be I, true. I fully agree. I fully think it's going to end up being over, which we've yeah, all talked about anyway. That who? That someone's going to come in for him right in the window if they need a We've got 10 minutes left, guys. Mm. If that turns out to happen, let's just live in this 
Let's do some group therapy as Mark. <laughs> sure. Go if ahead. If Aubameyang goes to Barcelona, and I'm for six million pounds, six million pounds, I'll go there. If 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 our if our transfer history and about selling our players is going to anything, to we go wanted by, we wanted st- twenty million. We got six. Yeah. <laughs> right. So come on, raw reactions. Nketiah is not 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 leaving for anything less than twenty, but Aubameyang can leave for six, six and a half. I, but look, I mean, to get out from under his wages at this point. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, what are we losing without Bamiang? Well, we're losing a striker. Okay, but yeah. that does what? Well, the thing is, is that we don't have anyone giving him any service, so it's not he's useless right now. John, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'm just saying, if he, if he goes, if he goes, we have to replace him. Like you can't not, you can't have Lacazette and Balogun. That that's and and, and Gabriel, my Martinelli, and uh, that's Eddie. not enough. I know it's not. I, I know it's not, Tom. So maybe we hide <laughs> <your>, high deck. <laughs> John's, John's not saying it's enough. John's just saying it's, it's not enough, John. Just like, I'm, well, just, I'm just looking at this is the conversation Arteta and Edu are having with Josh. Yeah, if when, he gets sold, we, we get to finally uh, see Xhaka as captain again. Oh, oh so someone put this in the chat, and actually, we, we, no, stop. We, I'll, I'll find it. We talked about <laughs> no, this no, at Yama yesterday, and then I filtered it into into the WhatsApp for, for TGT yeah. that you Yama could mentions see, you're going to make you, today. You Drew, could see, Drew said this. Drew you could see, said. you could see the club getting Origi on loan to replace yeah. him because he'll, he's tactically versatile and he'll fit the Who, fact that, Origi? Yes, I, I and would not be surprised if we did that. breakdown on, on Divock Origi. Oh my God. My son wins every FIFA game that he plays with his son, with son Ben Yedder. So we should really, I, I mean, the guy's amazing on FIFA. So he could probably be, uh, where's he, Monaco? We can get well, him. We're, we're bringing back, you know, everyone, it seems like the Premier League is bringing back legends. So I guess we'll get like Yaya Sanogo yeah, or, Bettner. Bettner. Or, or, or Shamak. So bad. But I mean, if, if Oba left, I mean, yeah, I think we'd have to replace him with a longer term option because Lacazette like is clearly walking on a free next summer, right? So you have to look for who we're bringing in now that can do oh, A, compete, bad. and B, start next summer. But do Bob you think we would? Free next summer too. Stop it. <laughs> because there are going to be people that would believe you, Mike, and I'm holding you personally responsible when I had oh, um, I love that they've tweeted out that it's just a striker with no context. That's so good. I mean, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah, it's smart because they know they'll get clicks. They'll, you know, there'll be reactions. But... Yeah, I just kind of feel like if I'm fine, I've said this forever, I'm fine with him leaving. I would be curious to see how we would actually solve that because every striker we were linked to either went somewhere else or extended somewhere else before that. Really we'll, we'll, give, we'll give you Nikedi or no, who was it? it that is, is he worth 70 million Ainsley. pounds to you? Not for me. Yeah. Like that'd be, that I would mean, be worse than White. That would be worse than Pepe. In my yeah, but I would Pepe wasn't worth that much to me. On Calvert-Lewin. I would absolutely. Really? Yes, I would. Oh, Ab- no. Absolutely. I think that's a great investment. I think seventy million pounds. I I w- I've been I was like him is great. I was pushing. I, I was positive on the Tammy Abraham train a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for half the price. That's I would have paid I would have paid forty more. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You and it's I talk about the time. Like, should I care about what we're spending? And I probably shouldn't because it's not my money. It's not coming out no. of my pocket. But I should also care about how we're running our business if we're spending seventy million pounds on Dominic. You right? spent fifty million on a defender. We might as well. We spent seven million on Pepe. We might as well spend one hundred and twenty million on uh, on Tam Abraham. Hmm. 
Uh, thank you, Alex, for the donation. I want to thank all of you for being there because it's not easy to go through this time. Arsenal cancelling the US tour hit me hard and now we're three games in. Alex, thank you for tuning in and I hope that we provided you some proper therapy, from proper football therapy for you this evening. Um, Alex, head over to us after this. We're going to do another hour of, of ridiculousness. And There you go. There you but, go. Uh, got, yeah, Mike, I'm going to let you plug back in a, in a, in a set. We're going to wrap things up um, very swiftly um, because I know that there are people who have got to pods to start and lives to get on with and tears to shed. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's quickly move into that period. Before I do, I do need to reluctantly get a prediction from you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not, it's not for a game because we don't have one because it's the oh. international break. Okay. I just want a number. Uh, two numbers specifically. I want a number of outs and I want a number of ins in tomorrow's deadline. You don't have to give me names. I just want two numbers. I'm going to vent for a little bit more so you've got some time to think about it just while you're thinking about your predictions. Uh, let's go to in the chat box. Uh, Aditya says DCL scores goals for one season and everyone is like, he's top class. I don't even understand. I, don't, I think it's been a lot longer than just one season, but you know. Uh, Mark says, you think Edu could convince Messi to hand in a transfer request? Time <laughs> Cup says DCL just pulled out of the England squad with an injury. Maybe there really is a transfer on the horizon. I mean, that would be hilarious if that was the case, but I very much doubt it. Uh, Benjamin says, need at least four more ins and all Deadwoods out. Zero and zero, says the Arsenal Misfit. Two ins and four outs, says MIL, and three out, one in, says Alex. Okay, let's get your predictions. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. How many in, how many out, and pluck your show? One kind of surprising yet relatively unimpressive in and three underwhelming outs loans um and then uh yeah in about three minutes we're getting started over at the gooners podcast we got uh, sophie coming on we have ryan rowcastle coming on owen and i will be there and uh and uh vote for tom and vote for gooners versus cancer at the uh for the fcas we were sending out tweets at the gooners pod and at uh at um uh, gooners v cancer but uh we want to we want to go to a banquet where we both get to celebrate each other's successes. <laughs> yeah, just for a really cheap price. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Half a bottle of wine is included. Honestly, oh man, I don't care if I get with it or not. I'm criticizing that. That's a joke. Um, in terms of oh, what is it? Uh, oh, I forgot what I was asking you to do. Predictions, ins and outs. Johns, uh, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. And uh, yeah, ins and out prediction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been nice and cathartic, which I feel like we've said that about podcasts we've been on way too often. Um, we shouldn't need catharsis 24-7 with this club, but that's what being an Arsenal fan appears to be from now on So and has been for a while. So here we are. Um, ins and out, I don't think it, we're getting anyone in. Maybe one, maybe one, and it'll be like some tr- deadline day thing, just like our, I guess Arteta was um, You know when he was signed here. So I would say three out and none in maybe one fair enough <laughs> i love that confidence covering all bases <laughs> drew thanks how's that all bases I think maybe we'll get someone in maybe maybe it was a very bell-esque prediction yeah yeah <laughs> my, my file is not closed on- <laughs> god willing god. <laughs> cool drew <laughs> 
We're about to see a man actually break right here. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the file always gets me. Every, every time he tweets it, I laugh every single time it's tweeted. I can't. But anyway. It's imagine like a genuine filing cabinet. That's what I mean. He like, takes out, he starts flipping through. Yeah. It's like, it's just yeah. it's like, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me look for, uh, let me look for Ozone. <laughs> It's just so bad. Um, I think we'll do. I think we'll do two out. I'll even name them. I think Maitland Niles will go, and I think Enkedia will go. Um, the in who even knows? I, like I said, I pray we get a midfielder in. That's logic dictates we'd get a midfielder in. But at most, I think we're going to do one. I'd be shocked if we do two. I know people are, you know, mooting the, the Awa Gamarish double swap. I can't ever see that happening, especially tomorrow. Especially with Gamarish not being one of the players that Leon wants to sell in the first place. So yeah, that's what that's what I go for. One and two out. So, and thanks for having me as always, of course. Uh, oh, hold on, Barca are looking at a new number nine to be signed before the end of the market. Fab, oh, big Another? Fab twin. There you Fab. go. Oh, they're gonna get Brown. Dominic Calvert Lewin. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get Ketty on loan with an option of fifty uh, million pounds. <laughs> Raúl says uh, Wolves if we run out of Sanchez on loan, please show Edu and Arteta the door. Man, I'm not even keen. I mean, if you want to get a player that's going to play your five games a season and spend the rest on the injury table, well, it's, it's not just that. It's just the Mendes connection, clearly. So yeah, we already we have, have a player like that with Partey. Right. I'm very conscious that Mike needs to run off for his podcast, so I'm going to let yeah. him do that. Um, thank you. Welcome so to much, the guys. Gooners Pod. Thank you, Tom, for having us. No worries, bro. Looking no forward worries. to the wedding. Yes, <laughs> all three of you are coming. The live um, podcast from the wedding. Well done. Um, thank you for tuning in, guys. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. A massive thank you to Mike, John, and Drew, as always. See you soon. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.